Welcome to the Life of Surrender podcast, where we will discuss following Christ in our daily life, as well as aligning our desires with His. Welcome back to another episode of the Life of Surrender podcast, and we are on episode 20, and we are entitling this one, Sounding the Alarm. And we've been walking through the book of Ezekiel, probably this past couple weeks for sure, maybe a month. But we wanted to talk today about a few things that we've kind of pulled out of it and that have really stood out to us. And the first thing is the idea of a watchman. So maybe Peter wants to read the... Yeah, uh, this actually shows up both in Ezekiel 7 and Ezekiel 33. Um, and we'll just kind of read it first and we'll kind of see what, what, we, what we get from it. Uh, but Ezekiel 33, 1 through 6 says this... The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, When I bring the sword against the land, and the people of the land choose one of their men and make them a watchman, and he sees the sword coming against the land against the land, and blows the trumpet to warn the people, then if anyone hears the trumpet but does not heed the warning and the sword comes and takes their life, their blood will be on their own head. Since they heard the sound of the trumpet but did not heed the warning, their blood will be on their own head. If they had heeded the warning, they would have saved themselves. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet to warn the people, and the sword comes and takes someone's life, that person's life will be taken because of their sin, but I will hold the watchman accountable for their blood. I think that's kind of stuck out to us lately in um, our word of the year, like we've already said in here, I think is discipleship and kind of talking to people about Jesus and being a little bolder about our faith and making it more a part of our everyday lives. And I think God has put in us a desire to want to tell others. Because when we don't, they could face an eternity in hell. And as Christians, I don't think we want our brothers and sisters to have to endure that. So I think I like the idea of being a watchman and and kind of sounding the alarm for other people so that they don't have to face that terrible right. outcome. We see um, impending judgment. Uh, I think that's what Ezekiel was saying for the people of Jerusalem is that um, people with a sword are going to come and um, judge you. And it's, it's, uh, the, the judgment upon you is not going to be pretty. It's, it's going to be a, a, a terrible day when the people of the sword break through the city and uh, destroy what's in Jerusalem. But th- the message, obviously, for us is that um, we, have, we have a look uh, through the gospel of what happens to sinful humans when they do not repent and trust in Jesus. Um, and that is uh, described personally by Jesus as an eternity in hell. Um, how cold is it as we see that coming as watchmen who can see um, the day of judgment approaching if we do not warn our neighbors, if we don't warn those around us um, to, like the people in Jerusalem, take cover um, and, and be ready for this day. And it's rem- this is referenced again in Acts chapter 20. Um, Paul is at the end of his missionary journey. He is I think he's knowing that his time is running short. And he says this, Therefore I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of all men. And I think he's saying, 
I have gone out and I have proclaimed the gospel and whether people took it or not, I am innocent of their blood. And I think I would like to say the same for myself, but I don't know if if we necessarily can because I tend to shy away from these conversations or I don't like bringing Jesus up because it gets awkward. Or, um, But I think that this like, it just brings kind of... <laughs> like an urgency or like a picture almost to it. Like their blood is on my hands and like that picture is kind of ingrained in my head now. Yeah, it's not that um, like an unbeliever will go to hell as a result of us. I think it's it's clear there in verse 6 that the person's life will be taken because of their sin. But the follow-up is I will hold the watchman accountable for their blood. Meaning we we had the opportunity to warn those who don't know Jesus. Um so whose whose blood are those lost people going to be on? Um, I, I'd like to say it won't like Paul. I mean, at the end in, in Acts twenty, I, I'd like to say for myself that that it um, it won't be on my head because I was faithful and diligent in proclaiming the gospel to the people who haven't heard. In saying that, um, to to reflect honestly, it that that's more of a goal than a, a look back practical response because I haven't been a watchman who sounds the alarm very frequently at all. But I think with these verses in our heads, I think it is easier to kind of have those bolder conversations and and kind of bring it up and maybe not think about so much how we want to serve God, but how God is actually calling us to serve him. Yes, I think it also brings encouragement um, because um, in some of those awkward conversations and those in those um, opportunities to share the gospel that maybe haven't gone well, um, we've we've had those where where maybe people didn't respond as as um, we we would have hoped or even had prayed for. Um, but the the beauty of this is that um, the watchman's job necessarily isn't to make sure that they convince everybody to leave, but simply to sound the alarm and warn them. Um, mm-hmm. Make a, make an urgent urge. Judgment is coming, but if not, continue to blow that trumpet and, and, and save the people who God's working in. Mm-hmm. I think the second theme that we've seen throughout Ezekiel is um, the false prophets. How Ezekiel is telling the people what what God is saying and he's saying like he's gonna bring discipline down onto Israel and it's going they're gonna be destroyed like, and, and taken captive by the people of Babylon it's, it's clear as can be from Ezekiel um, and even previously in Jeremiah uh, that Jerusalem and the the land of Judah is is being destroyed and it's because of the people's sins um, it's judgment, and, and God's not going to withhold his wrath any longer. But I think the people, there's also prophets saying, oh, there's going to be a time of peace, and you're going to prosper. And I think, you know, if I, if I could choose what message I'd rather hear, well, obviously I'd rather hear that it's going to be a time of peace. But all the people started listening to these false prophets and how detrimental that is when, when we don't listen to the voice of God. And I think that's true in our society now. I think we want to hear the fluffy stuff. Mm-hmm. The Jesus loves us and and he does. I don't want to say he doesn't, but um, 
we want to hear that. We want to hear that we're good and we're going to be saved and that we don't have to do any hard things or go through any yeah. um, suffering. I think that's in our culture right now is people want to do their a la carte Bible. They, they want to pick the Savior, um, but not the judge. And they want to pick the heaven, but not the hell. They want to pick the forgiveness, um, but not the accountability to sin. Um, and, and they're both. They're both there in the Bible. And, and we need to be real to both of them. And Ezekiel wasn't giving the popular message here, but he was the only one uh, in this who was actually given words by God. Uh, very specifically, it says these other prophets were just making up what they thought the people wanted to hear and said it. Um, and I think there's there's a warning there, not not to first be a false prophet who just says these Bible-sounding things that that's what everybody wants to say, but second, not to buy into it, that just because it sounds good, that that's what truth is. So with the false prophet thing, I kind of think about my own life and how I, I want to see God a certain way, and I think I want to see him as this kind and loving and comforting God, but there there is another side of his character that that I don't always want to admit is there. But as I've been going through the Bible, I've been highlighting God's attributes in green specifically. <laughs> and then I think I've hesitated a few times to highlight verses cuz I feel like, "Oh, that makes him sound kind of mean." I don't know, like but it is part of his character. He's just, and he can't be around our sin. So I, I have to take it or leave it. I can't, um, I can't just pick whatever I want out of God. Right. So here's these verses. Ezekiel 18, 30-32. Therefore, O house of Israel, I will judge you, each one according to his ways, declares the Sovereign Lord. Repent, turn away from all your offenses, then sin will not be your downfall. Rid yourselves of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Sovereign Lord. Repent and live. And I think I like this one as well because... At the end, he says, I, I take no pleasure in the death of anyone. But at the beginning, he starts with, I will judge you. And and he will. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have to be ready for that and know that. And we can't just, like that Natalie Grant song, that king of the world. Like, I try to put you in a box that I've designed. And we can't do that with God. Right. He's sovereign over us all. He's more powerful than any of us. We can't. Yeah. I, I like that in, in Ezekiel too, um, how it seems like even the people of Judah would say that as well, that um, he's not fair or that, you know, they would say, well, that makes you unjust, that someone who was righteous their whole lives and then turns to sin at the end is considered wicked and, and is sent away from your presence where somebody who is wicked their whole lives and then repents and turns from their sin is accepted as as blameless to, before you that's not fair and 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 the response uh, ezekiel gives them from god is who are you to say it's not fair god determines what's fair he is just uh, he says isn't what you're doing unfair um and really, it's kind of putting that in perspective on how small we are and how big he is, I think is a good perspective 
uh, changer in there as well. And also, I think, makes us so much more hungry for Jesus Christ when we see that he is the judge. And our only way to stand before him is for someone else to take the punishment on our behalf. And then I think the last thing that really stood out to us in Ezekiel, the last theme, was how many times we've seen this phrase, then they will know I am the Lord. And I think we've seen it all throughout the chapter, but it's for all different scenarios. There's been rough ones and there's been pleasant ones. Yeah, Um, I think it's, it's almost through Ezekiel, Almost in every chapter, and certainly in some chapters it happens more than five times that, that we say, they will know I am the Lord in, in some way or another. And I think uh, primarily, I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about is sometimes it seems mean. It seems mean of God that he's punishing a people or a king or a group um, for their sins. And at the end, he says, so that you will know I am the Lord. And other times it seems um, unwarrantedly gracious that he's chosen another group that he pours out his blessing and tells him that he will redeem them and save them and be their shepherd and be their king so that you will know I am the Lord. And I think he's sovereign and he knows what all of us need. I think we can all play these comparison games like I think I've gone both ways. I think I'm like, well, why does that person get that? And I haven't gotten as much or... You know, this person has had it really tough and I've had it really good. Why Why have I had it so good? And I think when we play those games, God is sovereign and he knows what each of us needs to know that he is the Lord. So sometimes he'll make us walk through something hard so we see him. Other times, maybe he'll give us a time of peace and contentment and that helps us see him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ultimately, if, if we can remember in in God's character is that we fall short of his glory. Every single one of us humans are sinful. So the fact that he allows any of us to know him is an act of grace all in, all in and of itself. So the fact that he uh, uses certain situations to draw us toward him is completely him being gracious to him. Even if they are hard situations that we don't understand, that's still God allowing humans to know he is the Lord. That actually is a gracious quality of his character, that even in his judgment, he's allowing people to see his glory and know that he is the Lord so that they might turn and repent and trust him. I think that's a major theme throughout the whole Old Testament is that God wants his glory shown on the earth. Like We are here to glorify him. Every thing exists all things are to glorify him so i think he kind of echoes that as well throughout it was throughout jeremiah as well jeremiah and ezekiel then they will know that i am the lord and it all kind of points back to him and his glory and his sovereignty right yeah whether it be a blessing or punishment that's god trying to bring people back to him so i think to kind of summarize, that's the our major themes were sounding the alarm. We want to make sure that we are talking to people about Jesus and sounding that alarm and warning them so that their blood is not on our hands. Uh, and one thing to add to that point, I think that we didn't say is I think I've heard so frequently, and this is this is definitely true. Letting our art, I've heard an excuse on people not using their words to share the gospel because I think I've used it too as well. I'll let my light shine bright in my actions 
Um, I'm not really going to share the gospel with my words. I'll, I'll just let my actions speak for itself. And I do believe that there is a call as a watchman to use your voice and proclaim the gospel that is going to save people from coming destruction. And all Christians are watchmen. That's that's a non-negotiable. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, also, the being aware of false prophets. I think not just ex- like taking... Everything God wants us to know, not just the f- happy, fuzzy things. And lastly, the exalting God's character, knowing that he is the Lord and looking for him in our everyday lives and how we can exalt him. And even looking at all situations so that we will know that he is the Lord. You are a watchman who can see impending doom for those who do not turn from their sin and trust Jesus. Will you sound the alarm? Will you boldly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ so the blood of the punished will not be on your head? Or will you go through life with the knowledge of salvation through Jesus Christ and only tell people what they want to hear, only emphasizing the fuzzy qualities of the gospel? Let's boldly display and proclaim that Christ has given us a new heart and a new spirit so that the whole world will know that he is the Lord.